0: Morning Beacon Church and welcome to another morning on the sofa. In just a few moments, David Horrell will be uh, bringing a message to us from God's Word as we continue throughout our Luke series. Um, But before we uh, hear from him, I just want to pray for us. And with that in mind, um, I know this is starting to feel like Groundhog Day. We get up in another morning, it's like here we go again. Lockdown does set in for the best of us, doesn't it? And I just want to encourage us to fix our eyes on him, to be encouraged by Our wonderful, loving, heavenly Father who is at work nevertheless. And Psalm 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. It may feel like Groundhog Day, here we go again, but this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's our responsibility as God's people to have a different attitude to what our hearts sometimes want us to linger on, and want us to fix our eyes on Instead, We need to be fixing our eyes on the God who has made today with a purpose in mind, and that's something to rejoice and be glad in. So with that in mind, let us pray together, and then I'll hand over to David. Father, we thank you that today is a day that has been made and ordained by you. You have a plan for us, you have purpose for us. There's a reason, again, why we got up this morning. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you, to hear from you, to learn from you, to step uh, forward in knowing you more, to draw near to you, to enjoy you, uh, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of those around us as well, to share this wonderful message of this wonderful Father in heaven that we know that others can know as well, this treasure that we have to share far and wide. Help us to do that this morning. May your word have impact this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's rejoice. Let's hear from God's word. Over to David.
1: Well, good morning everyone in Beacon, and others too who are listening in this morning. We're in a series in Luke, and uh, we're going to be reading in Luke 4 this morning, uh, but welcome. And uh, I get really excited when I get the opportunity to speak about Jesus. I get animated in my spirit and stirred, and I love looking in into what Jesus did and what he said, and reading the Gospels. I hope you do too. But we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 4, and the verses are 31 to 37. So if you can find them on your iPhone or your tablet, or in a Bible if you have it. Luke 4, 31 to 37. As Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on a the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Well, reports of Jesus have come to England years ago And we're still looking into his life and understanding what he's trying to say to us. Well, this is the fifth week in Luke's Gospel. And uh, I hope we're going to be finding out some vital lessons from the life of Jesus today. Just to back up a bit and recap, we've seen him as a child of 12 staying behind in the temple um, after his parents had taken him there and they... Going back home, he stayed in the temple and they couldn't find him. Then at around 30, he came to John to be baptised. And afterwards, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And it was uh, something which could, which was tangible and could be seen by others because John said, I saw the Spirit descend on him like a dove. But it's a very real thing, not only for Jesus, but for those watching then full of the holy spirit he went into the wilderness fasting and praying and was tempted by satan last week in the synagogue having read from isaiah jesus gave probably the shortest sermon the people had heard for a long time because after he had read he sat down and said today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears This week in the reading we've just had we've seen Jesus in what we might call deliverance ministry. This was bound to provoke a response as did his words last week. You remember when when Steve told us about the things that Jesus said, people became angry. We read with a word. The demons are evicted from a person's life giving that person peace and rest jesus manifested the supernatural in that word of his power and he made things happen it was evident both in the physical and the spiritual realm of jesus life but in other areas also we he spoke he rebuked the wind and the waves you remember and they became calm you remember two Uh, that he called Lazarus from the tomb. Lazarus had been dead for a few days and Jesus came and he said, Lazarus, come out. The word of his power called out Lazarus from the dead. We also remember that when Jesus fed the 5,000, he took small amounts of food and he fed On one occasion 4,000 people and another occasion more than 5,000 people. The word of his power was manifested. When Jesus spoke, things happened. And that is the interesting thread that has been in our recent Luke sermons. We're going to pick up on it. And uh, Jesus is still mighty in word and deed. It was seen then that he was mighty in word and deed. And we shall see that again as we read this on. His words made things happen. His words made things happen. And right from the age of 12, uh, where Bob was speaking about him, um, we remember that he was in the temple and uh, they were amazed at his questions. So right from the age 12, his answers made the learned men's heads turn, almost being a threat to them. But Mary and Joseph, though they didn't understand what he was saying, they were worth taking note of, because we read that Mary treasured all these things up in her heart. Then we saw Jesus in the wilderness, and we saw that his words were impenetrable by Satan. What Jesus replied in answer to Satan's temptations there has made a difference for many Christians over many years giving help, courage and practical steps to help us be overcomers. As we learned, words of truth are powerful weapons against Satan. Jesus has ultimately rendered him powerless in the spiritual and physical realm by his crucifixion. Therefore, it is not surprising that Jesus said to his disciples, The words that I give to you, they are spirit, and they are life. So we see not only Jesus expressing the word of his power in words, but he said, The words I've given to you, they are spirit, and they are life. So it's not a fanciful pursuit to follow that dynamic this morning, that our words can make things happen too. Last week in the synagogue Luke recorded it was the gracious words that appealed to his listeners. But then it was what he said next which changed the atmosphere and the reactions of the people, not in a good sense though as we see murderous reactions develop through what Jesus said. In our reading today, Luke records Jesus evicting demons from a person evidently disturbed by them. And as a result, it is evident that Jesus was someone whose words made things happen. And we read, and they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. I want to ask you, do you know that we can be people whose words make things happen? And for this morning I want to show that there are four declarations by which we can do that. Whatever power we can express in our lives, whether it's in our own lives or towards other, in ministry, is all given by Jesus. Because when Jesus spoke to his disciples before he returned to heaven, he said, all authority is given to me, both in heaven and in earth. The first declaration I want to talk about is declaration by prayer. It's the most obvious, isn't it? Our words in prayer, praying for all sorts of situations to happen, things to change. And just like Jesus taught his disciples, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder what you're praying for at this time. What's the, what's the earnest of your prayers? What, what are you wanting to see change? What are you wanting to see happen? What do you want to see as a manifestation of power, God's power, in your life? I think at all times we need to pray for change. There are many, many things we can't leave as they are. They need to change and prayer is going to help us. In Beacon, March will be our prayer month so it would be really good exercise a really good exercise to start planning for those things and areas where we want to see god move maybe in personal situations but also within beacon community let's have agreement of minds as we go to prayer jesus said on one occasion again i say to you If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So let's look forward to this time of praying in March as a very special time to see change, to see others brought into the kingdom of God. Prayer is the single and most powerful expression that disciples should personally get acquainted with and be increasingly active in. It is not just a thing for a few of the older people. It's not just a thing for the elders. It's not just a thing for the priest or the prayer group. It is the ordinary Christian's spiritual life blood because prayer changes things. Jesus said on another occasion, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now that's quite an awesome verse. And I can't say I've always seen that happen, but the verse is there. Jesus' declaration, his words, his declaration towards us is for him. Him to abide in us and his words to abide in us so that he so that things will happen, so that things will change. So we have seen then the declaration by prayer. I want to talk, talk about the declaration of confidence. In John 2, we read the story of a wedding in Cana where Jesus turned water into wine. Now, I just want to spend a minute or two in recapping on Jesus' life. There are about 18 years of Jesus' life that we have little or no information about. 18 years, that's quite a long time. When John was baptising Jesus, he was about 30. It is widely agreed that his legal father Joseph died at some time during this period And Jesus, being the eldest son in the Jewish family, would have been expected to take on the headship role, and also the business. He would have provided for the material needs, made the decisions, followed the norms and expectations of a godly family, like Sabbath observances, presence in the synagogue, visits to the temple, giving his siblings opportunity to learn the Torah, and daily family directions he would have given. Then, with his mother being a widow, and right up, even to the time of his crucifixion, when Jesus was on the cross, he made provisions for her future care. As he said to her from the cross, John, who was standing by her, he looked at John and said, John, he's your son now. And then he looked to John and said to him, he, she's your mother now. And so Jesus, there hanging on the cross, was taking that responsibility for her future care. Those words that Jesus spoke from the cross made things happen. The point being in this story of these 18 years, were very much lived in domestic life of a not so well-off Jewish family of which he had charge. Now, because of the lack of details, we make assumptions to a greater or lesser degree. But if we fast forward to the wedding where the wine had run out and Mary tells Jesus about it, that's as good as praying, isn't it? There's a problem and she tells Jesus about it. That's as good as praying. Do we do that? You know, as Jesus seemed to rebut her request, He's sort of saying, mother or woman, we're not at home now. I'm an invitee here at this wedding and you're a helper. I'm here to enjoy the wedding, you're here to help me enjoy it. But whereupon Mary preempts Jesus and says to the servants, and I think this is so amazing, "Whatever, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I think those words of mary are so so telling whatever he tells you to do do it it is confidence you know when you have no idea if or what jesus may be planning to do if this is mary's testimony from the experience of jesus within the family the authority that he's shown and what he's done within the family has inspired confidence in her to be also his authority for others too. So, what she'd seen in Jesus, of his, her experience with him within the family, gave her confidence which reached out to others too. There was a need and she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's confidence. You know, life with Jesus is like that. He inspires confidence for the present and for the future. Whether it is a material need, wisdom, understanding, healing, deliverance. What Jesus says make things happen. Number three, the other declaration that we can make is the declaration of forgiveness. In Acts 7 verses 54 to 60 we read of the first martyr Stephen. Stephen was being stoned to death for his testimony to the truth and defense of the gospel which had stirred up an already deep-seated hate for Jesus and his followers. In the last moments of his life he cried out in a loud voice, "Lord." Do not hold this sin against them. This forgiveness that Stephen declared was based on the same authority that Jesus declared from the cross through his sacrificial death there. That total forgiveness for each one of us is still the greatest offer now, today. The forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful offer that is through what Jesus has done for us. So as the terrorist, Saul, heard Stephen's words of grace and mercy, it could have been the spark which set ablaze the change in world evangelization with the gospel of Jesus. As Saul became Paul and he became the apostle to the Gentiles, the gospel went into the wider world because of what happened to him as he came to know Jesus. This morning I want to make the point of an essential declaration of forgiveness that needs to be made this morning over someone who has hurt you. That declaration by Stephen over those who were killing him, murdering him, on that spot that day, he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin to their charge. Do not hold it against them. This morning I believe God has a word for us. I believe that there may be one or two people who maybe need to settle this issue today. There is someone who's hurt you and you need to forgive them. We need to forgive people as Christ has forgiven us. The Declaration of Forgiveness. When Jesus spoke the word from the cross Lord forgive them for what they do Lord forgive them. So he holds out that hand of forgiveness today and we're commanded too to forgive others as Christ forgave us. If that's you this morning, you know God sometimes calls us to make that public. We not only need to do it in here, but we need to tell either the person that's hurt us or tell someone we've forgiven them. It may set us free. It may do something quite powerful in our lives as we do it, but we need to settle the issue today. Or maybe you even need to forgive yourself when God has forgiven you. That's quite an important step to take. There may be something in your life you've you really regret but God has forgiven you and he wants you to forgive yourself. The fourth declaration is the declaration of the gospel and in Acts 10 we read about Peter and Peter on one occasion had been invited and welcomed into the house of Cornelius a Roman official to preach the gospel to his close friends and relatives. As he preached the Holy Spirit fell on all of her present when we speak we make things happen the holy spirit fell we'd love times like that you know when at our beacon gatherings or even on zoom this morning as i'm preaching as i'm telling the words of jesus the holy spirit falls on us and people come to know him and the holy spirit is poured out and people begin speaking in tongues The words we use in the preaching of the gospel are words that make things happen. Here the Holy Spirit fell on those gathered to hear. Many believed, were baptized, and they spoke in tongues. You know, there's a great wealth of kingdom and gospel opportunity available to the church. If we were to pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Like in our reading today, where what was the cause of spiritual harm was driven out by Jesus. I'm becoming increasingly interested in being able to be in situations where we can speak a word of deliverance over someone. I'm trying to find out as much as I can about it and to pursue that. Not there yet, but I'm very interested in it. But you know, in Mark 16 verse 15, It records the departing words of Jesus before returning to heaven and giving them authority. He said, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover so then the lord jesus after he has spoken to them was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of god and they went out and preached everywhere while the lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs preaching Jesus is our delight and responsibility that others might understand and come to know him and grow into him as intentional disciples. So as I land this, let's pray that we see signs following the preaching of the word and ask ourselves, how can I change situations with my words, prayer, encouragement, wisdom, positive expressions, and to inspire confidence in others. That's a great thing to do. And may God help us to be people who, when we speak, things happen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for your promises. And we just ask now, Father, in your will and your purposes, Let your Holy Spirit fall on us this morning to make big changes, to make small changes, to help our words mean something, whether they're by prayer, preaching, inspiring confidence, and just saying those things you want us to say. May you help us. Give us, Father, by your Holy Spirit, more power in what we say and what we do. In Jesus' name we
0: pray. Amen. Thank you, David. Uh, Yes, indeed, as God's people, it is our utter privilege to declare truth, to declare forgiveness, to declare freedom, just like our Jesus, to bring change by Holy Spirit and to have confidence that is found in him and in declaring the gospel far and wide, the good news of Jesus. As David himself said, preaching Jesus is our delight our responsibility. Let's keep seeking ways to do that. Let's be intentional in our weeks ahead, stepping forward into what God has got prepared for us and seeking opportunities to declare truth, forgiveness and freedom over everyone around us in Jesus' name. Uh, If you don't know Jesus like we do, please do get in touch. We'd love to talk to you more. Uh, He is the living God who made you, who gave you breath, who loves you and wants you to know him fully and he has made that possible, that gap between Holy God and lowly man, he has made that possible through the cross. If you want to know any more about that, please do get in touch. There's an email coming up just in, in just a moment. We would love to speak with you, love to pray with you. And one day we'd love to meet with you. Uh, look after yourselves, all of you. Uh, there are songs attached to the video on our Vimeo page. And in the Zoom, we're going to um, be worshipping together through song as well. Let's make the most of it. This is the day the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Have a great week.